Good morning, sons and daughters of the Most High God. I hope you're well. Hope you're dry. This is pouring down rain outside. Beautiful rain. Hope you got your garden in yesterday, like we did. Got it planted just in time. So this is great rain. I'm in the book of uh, Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. If you'd like to join me there, Philippians 4, beginning in verse 4. That's Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, if you need help finding it. The thought this morning is, is waiting on God, or maybe a, another way of saying it is how to wait on God with integrity and patience. Waiting on God. Have you ever had to wait on God before? Are you waiting on God right now? Yeah. You know, we wait on things. We, we wait in line, right? <clears throat> we, um, Debbie and I found this really cool plant nursery yesterday that someone told us about. Probably all of you already knew about it, but us. But Martin's down in Murfreesboro. Fabulous place. Acres and acres of green stuff. It's really cool. And, and everybody in Murfreesboro was there <laughs> buying vegetables to plant just like we were. Trees and shrubs and flowers and so we had to wait in line, okay? So we wait in line to buy things, don't we? we when we finish the day, we're going to go wait in line to get lunch, perhaps. Uh, we, wait in, we wait for children to be born. Nine months, right? And we, we count the days, and the closer it gets to nine months, the, the closer, you, the ready you are for that baby to get here. Yes. Get that baby here. And, and then there's labor and delivery. We wait for that, right? Sometimes it's short time. Sometimes it's a long time. But so we're constantly waiting on things. We're constantly waiting on things. We, we wait to grow up. We want to, we want to grow up so, so quickly. I just, want to be, I just want to be grown. And then we get grown. You get to be my age. It's like, I just wish I could go back to be that age. Just <laughs> with what I know, right? Don't we? We just can't wait to grow up and then can't wait. There are people in the Bible who waited. Joseph, you know, was thrown in prison. He waited, uh, I think it was 13 years he waited. Abraham waited 25 years from the time God told him he was going to have a son. <clears throat> he waited 25 years for that promise. Moses, you know, was uh, born and, and uh, was 40 years in Egypt learning, waiting on, on God. Then he, he, he killed a man, an, an Egyptian who was beating up uh, one of his friends. So he killed him. And then he, so he, he hid for 40 years, right? So he waited another 40 years. And then God called him and spoke to him in a burning bush and said, you're going, to deliver, you're going to deliver Israel out of Egypt. He was 80 years old when he got that. So he, and so he delivered them out of Egypt. Then he waited 40 more years wandering in the desert. So Moses spent 120 years waiting on something, and he never got to see the promised land. God said it's going to be a promised land, and all Moses got to do was get on top of the mountain and look at it. He never even got to walk over into it. 120 years of waiting. God waited on Noah to build an ark for 120 years. Noah was not a fast ark builder. He didn't have power tools, David. I'm sorry, he didn't, he didn't have a circular saw or a chainsaw or anything. And all done by hand. So 120 years to build a big old boat. So he waited. Of course, then he got inside the ark and waited for it to rain. Daniel offered up a prayer. Had to wait 30 days for the prayer to get there because there's some spiritual battle taking place up in the heavenly realms and, and all the angels were called in to fight that battle so that Daniel could get the answer. 
Paul waited 14 years to be accepted. You know, Paul, uh, Saul was his first name. He became Paul. And Saul was a persecutor of Christians and Jews. And he would track them down and, and have them killed. Stephen was killed. And, and Paul was the one that was in, kind of in charge of that. And he got saved. Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and hit him with a bright light. And, and Paul got saved. And, but nobody wanted to hang out with Paul. The Christians didn't want to hang out with him. Would you want to hang out with him? He'd been slaughtering Christians and beating people up. And, and all of a sudden he gets saved. And like, I ain't hanging out with that guy. 14 years for him to be accept, accepted uh, uh, by the, the church leaders of that day. So you and I are not the only ones that waited. People in the Old Testament waited. People in the New Testament waited. People wait today. And we wait on God to come through for us. And so I want to talk about what it means to wait on God and how to do it with integrity, how to do it with grace, how to do it with composure, uh, how to do it with patience. Uh, and so four things. Uh, we're going to take the word wait, and we're going to come up with four things with the word wait. Okay? You ready? You can write this down. This will be good notes. You can, you can read this later this week. The first, the first thing, worship, and the word wait, W-A-I-T. The first word is to worship. Worship is everything we do. And when we're waiting on God to come through for us in our lives, when we're waiting on something we've prayed for for years or just hours or maybe days, whatever it is, worship is a thing that needs to flow from us. And by worship, I don't mean singing songs, although that may be your way of worshiping God. You can worship God by planting vegetables in the ground like I did yesterday. That's an act of worship. You realize that, don't you? When God created the Garden of Eden, he put Adam and Eve in the garden. And he told them to take care of it. And what that word takes care of in the, in the Hebrew means to expand it, to grow it. So God put a, a Garden of Eden here. He put it actually in the east of Eden. It wasn't in the middle of Eden. Eden was an area and the garden was over here. He said, I want you guys to expand it until it covers all of Eden. All of Eden was not the paradise. It was just the garden that was the paradise. See, the earth was not perfect. It was good, but it was not perfect. There's a difference. You'd rather your, ch your children be perfect than good, right? You know what good is. It's good sometimes, not so much good sometimes. Right, right, right. The earth was good. It wasn't perfect. God said it's good. What he wanted Adam and Eve to do was to expand it, to grow it. So when you plant a tree, a bush, a flower... When you plant something like that, you're actually expanding the garden in a sense, even today. It's an act of worship. The way you treat your husband or your wife is an act of worship. The way you treat your parents, your grandparents is an act of worship. The way we treat our children is an act of worship. How we work, do we work hard when we're working? Or do we, or do we text the whole day long or surf the web the whole day long when we're supposed to be working? The way you work. How you work, your attitude about work, that's worship also. Everything we do is worship. So when you're waiting on God and he's not coming through for you and you've been praying for a husband to get saved for 20 years, a wife to get saved for 30 years, a, a neighbor to, to come around, and whatever it is, you've been praying, just worship. In everything you do, just worship. Make sure that you're worshiping God with what you're actually doing. Make sure that you're loving your husband, your wife, your kids, your neighbors, your coworkers. Make sure you're worshiping 
in the midst of waiting on God. The second thing is, with the word, the letter A in the word wait, is to adjust your short-term expectations. To adjust your short-term expectations. Sometimes when you're praying for something, and God's trying to work something out in your life, it, it may take a little bit longer, because typically what you're praying for involves someone else, right? And if that someone else is not listening to God, guess what? It's going to take a little while longer. It's going to take longer for the message to get from here to here. Does that make sense? And so we need to adjust our short-term expectations and thinking that just because I'm praying for my wife or my husband, that they're going to change by tomorrow. Okay? That ain't going to happen. Right? That's like being 60 years old and think you're going to have a six-pack, right, on your stomach, working out, right? It just ain't going to happen, right? It ain't going to happen. 30? Eh, maybe not, even. 15, 18? Sure, go for it. 24, go for it. 60? Not so much. Okay, I got a one-pack, right? <laughs> Pretty good-looking one-pack, too, if I might say so myself. <laughs> Adjust your short-term expectations. Things... God doesn't move on our timetable. You see, there's two words for the word time. There's the watch, right? which is chronos, right? Chronology, chronos, right? Chronos. And then the second word is kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, K-A-I-R-O-S. Chronos, it's real, it's real easy. We can look and see what time it is. We can get our calendar out, see what day it is, what month it is, what year it is. Those are easy to figure out. Tomorrow, you're going to work at... 5.30 or 7, whatever your, whatever your time slot is. <clears throat> you, you already know that. But what you don't know is your kairos tomorrow. Kairos is, is, is when God intervenes in our chronos. Kairos is when God's moment of time has come uh, to pass in our life, when, it, when it's there. Kairos is when God says, oh, now is the time to move in their life with this. God doesn't wear a watch. He doesn't have a calendar. He's not consumed with, with those sorts of things. He is consumed with his kairos. He's watching Jim, and he's observing Jim. And Jim is making these steps in his life. Jim is thinking these thoughts in his life, and Jim is doing these actions in his life. So, oh, now's the time to intervene in his life. Now's the time to move on his life in a kairos moment. That makes sense? Be careful not to live your life by the chronos, although we have to do that for work and things. But know there's another, another time working. It's kairos time. It's always working in your life. Always, always working in your life. God knows your tomorrow. He knows your next Wednesday. He knows next year. He knows when you're going on vacation. He knows when to intervene. Have you ever had those moments when someone called you out of the blue and said, hey, I just want to call and check on you. Or someone run into you and say, hey, look, I'm giving something away. I'd like to give this to you. And they hand you something. You're like, that's just what I needed. I needed a knee brace in Israel. Right? We heard that last week. What's the odds of that? That's a Kairos moment. And when Kairos moments come, that's a time to worship. God, you were thinking about me when I was here. I was going to be 5,000 miles away here, and I needed this then, and that's a kairos moment. So adjust your short-term expectations. Don't live by this where God's concerned, the watch. 
live by the kairos and know that, that he's there and he's thinking about you and he's watching you. He's, he's waiting on you to get to this point, not in time, but in understanding so that he can give you more understanding, more revelation. Third thing, W-A-I-T, worship. Adjust your short-term expectations. I, invest where you are. Invest where you are. While you are waiting on God to move here, invest here where you are. Don't look at it as, oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. This is a bad place. I'm stuck. I, I can't find a job. You know, I, I can't find a husband. I can't find a wife. I can't find my shoes. Whatever it is you're looking for, right? Right? Invest where you are here. Oh, I've got these shoes. I can't find my other shoes. So I'm, I'm going to wear these shoes, and I'm going to wear them well. I'm going to polish them and clean them and take care of them. I'm going to wear these shoes well. I'm really praying for this pair of shoes over here, but I'm going to take care of this pair of shoes now. Invest where you are. If you're waiting with God, you want to wait with integrity, do the last thing he told you to do. And that means investing where you are. You're asking God for this, and he's not telling you this, he's not telling you this, it's just no answer, no answer, no answer. What was the last thing he told you to do? He told me to do this. I know, I know that I know he told me to do this. Then invest in that. Don't spend time investing in this until this appears, that kairos appears. Invest in this. Invest where you are right now. If you want to wait with integrity, Invest where you are. That means pouring your time, your money, you know, your, your thoughts, your energy, whatever it is, pouring into now, in this moment, today. You know, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough troubles on its own, okay? Just live for this day like the birds do. They just live for this day. Tomorrow they wake up, they live for tomorrow, right? Live for this day. Invest in this day. And then the fourth thing in the word wait, W-A-I-T, worship, adjust your short-term expectations, invest where you are. Number four is think positive or proactively. It's another good word. Think positively or think proactively. Now, in Philippians, let's read what it says. Philippians 4.4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, the kairos of God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy, think on these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul just kind of sums up this whole thing of waiting with the final thought was, what's in your, what's in your thinking will control your actions. What's in your thoughts will control your actions. And so he's saying, adjust the way you think. Adjust the way you think. Think proactively. Think positively. And so I want to, ask, I want to invite you to take a plane trip with me i want to invite you to take a plane trip okay p-l-a-n-e-t-r-i-p you can take these words and make the word plane trip out of them if you add an i to them to the list which i did 
I, I can add an I because I'm doing the talk. Right? So. so P, whatever is pure. In the word plane trip, whatever is pure. Right? L, whatever is lovely. A, whatever is admirable. N, whatever is noble. Right? E, whatever is excellent. Plane trip, whatever is true. Whatever is right. And here's the word I'm adding. Whatever is inspiring. Right? That's a great word. And whatever is praiseworthy. See, I've got that memorized. Have you got it memorized already? Plane trip. Say it with me. Pure. Lovely. Admirable. Right? Noble. Excellent. True. Right. Inspiring. And praiseworthy. Man, y'all are good. Y'all are good. That was quick. So, tomorrow, when what you've been waiting on doesn't come to fruition in your life, take a plane trip and say, I'm going to find something that's pure to think about. Can you think of something that's pure? Anybody? Let's have a little fun for just a minute. What's pure? Jesus. It's always a good answer for all those is Jesus. Pure. I think about a small baby. Just as pure as they can be, right? Just a bag of sugar. That's all they are, just a little bundle. Eight pounds of sugar, right? Pure. Lovely. Can you think of something that's lovely? Spring. One day it's going to arrive in Tennessee. We're still waiting on it. That's right. The two days of spring are going to be amazing when they show up. And then we'll go right back to fall. But, uh, yeah, spring is lovely. What else is lovely? Husbands, this is a time to say my wife is. Oh, I heard that. All, all the husbands said that. Good, good job, guys. Good job. Admirable. What is something that's admirable? Something you admire. Honesty. honesty. Wow, that's a good one. Admire honesty. That's good. What's noble? What is noble? Think of something noble. Okay, let me ask you a question. Let's see how easy this is. Can you tell me something that's horrible? All of you immediately thought of something, didn't you? Right? Right. See how our mind is bent toward the negative? Right? How hard it is to think of something that's noble as opposed to something that's horrible. Anybody got anything that's noble? Um, for example, in, um, when Harry got so humanity fled all these volunteers mm -hmm. to go to deal with Harry's family, yes. yes. That's great. Noble, yes. People that build houses for other folks. That's excellent. Yes, that's great. Noble. My mind went to a firefighter who rushes into a house to save somebody. That's, that's noble. Kind of what I went to. Excellent. Can you think of something that's excellent? It's yeah. So I would say that Frank is an excellent musician, is what I would say. 
Very skilled. Very skilled. That, that's how I would use the word excellent in, in, our, in our setting this morning. Excellent. I would say that my wife is an excellent typist. She could type 4,000 words a minute without a mistake and still have time to check email while she's doing it. Right? She's amazing, absolutely amazing. When she's at work, when she's at work, they say work always goes better when Debbie's here. She runs the show. True. What are some things that are true? Yes. The word of God is true. Yes. Yes. Do what? Yes. Yes. True. What is right? What is something that's right that you could think about? <laughs> Pay your taxes. That ain't right. <laughs> Paying your taxes, that ain't right. We've already missed that deadline, so. No, I'm teasing. It's right to, to pay your taxes. My, one of my pastors that, uh, that I grew up under used to say, it's always right to do right. It's always right to do right. I think he's right. It's always right to do right. What is something that's inspiring? Barbara's inspiring. All in agreement say aye. I opposed by like science, so carried. So. Yes, she is inspiring. Gail's inspiring, yes. Hmm. A phoenix, yes, she is. You know, what comes to my mind when I think of it, something that's inspiring is the sun coming up over Hawaii and the sun setting over Hawaii for like two weeks. Three weeks. Can I have four? Can I get a witness? Debbie and I got to spend four weeks in Hawaii, all expenses paid. We, uh, we had a... A connection with a pastor. I won't go through the long story, but we had a connection with a pastor who pastored on the island of Kauai, <clears throat> the, the Garden Isle. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's the least trafficked area. And he had left his church, was leaving his church, moving back to uh, the states, the 48 states, to North Carolina. And we kind of met and talked, and he said, uh, they're going to be needing somebody to fill the pulpit until they get a new pastor in Kauai. Would you be interested? Just out of the blue, I said, I don't know. Let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> I said, I got a dentist appointment. No, I can't do it. I got a dentist appointment and a hair appointment. He said, uh, he said what they'll do is they'll fly you out, and you'll live in the pastorium. That's the church house, the house right next to the church. They'll provide you with a car. They'll bring food you know, to the house and everything. You just preach on Sundays and, and pastor any needs that need to be met. And I said, I'm there. So Debbie and I flew out with the kids and uh, 
Got out there and spent a month in Hawaii. And my church was gracious enough back home to let me do that. And they continued to pay my salary while I was doing that. I was just really blessed. And so on Kauai, you can look out this window, the pastorium, and see the ocean. And look out this window and see the wettest spot on earth, which is up on a mountain about a mile high. And uh, absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And uh, we had a blast. So I can, I can assure you that four weeks in Hawaii is great. I'd like to go for maybe six weeks next time. I'm not sure. But if I can just find somebody that wants me to come preach. It was fabulous. We got to the airport leaving to go out there. We, got to, we went from Charlotte to Minneapolis. Got to Minneapolis. And it had some kind of tornado that had come through and messed everything up flight-wise. And so the lady behind the counter is checking us in and said, your flight's been delayed. For two hours, we're sorry about that. I said, it's okay, we're we're good. Said, uh, but I can, uh, <clears throat> I can, uh, I can help you with your seats all the way to Hawaii from here. Would you like to go first class? <laughs> so all four of us got to go first class from here to Hawaii because just for waiting two hours, I was good with that. They bring you little hot towelettes and everything. <laughs> always doting on you, bringing something to eat and drink. I've always wondered about that. Great time. That's inspiring to me. Just, I think that's where I was. So, P, praiseworthy. Plane trip, P, praiseworthy. What's something that's praiseworthy? Jesus. Yeah, we started with Jesus, we end with Jesus. That's pretty good. I think that's good. Something that's praiseworthy. Yes. I agree. Giving praise to other people, yes, that is certainly praiseworthy. Yeah. All right, so waiting on God, we worship, right? We worship. We adjust our short-term expectations to realize that God doesn't work off our calendar and our clock. He works off his kairos time when the fullness of God is ready, right? So we adjust our short-term expectations we invest where we are in people and in things where we need to invest in and then we think positively we think proactively we think like paul said in this letter to philippians right we take a plane trip so let me encourage you this week it's real easy to go down the negative rabbit hole it really is it's just it can happen that quickly when that starts happening this week take a plane trip Tell yourself, I'm going to take a vacation. I'm going to take a plane trip. I'm going to think positively. I'm going to think proactively about what is going on in my life. And, and, use the, and use the plane trip to do that. Can you do that? Will you do that? Good deal. Let's share communion together this morning and honor the Lord uh, with praise and thanks for what he's done for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Once again, we thank you for the rain and, uh, Father, we just, we just give you thanks in all things because that's what the Bible says to do right here in Philippians. We rejoice in you. We give thanks in you. We praise you. And, Father, I just pray that the peace of Christ would come over all of us right now in this moment, that we would know that we know that we know that the peace of Christ is in us and around us and about us, 
And it, it would also flow through us to others this day. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.